Hi, my name is Cassidy and I'm a senior at Ames High School. I'm in a class called Resistance Acts of American History. And for the past semester, I have been learning as much as I can about racism in the American school system. I've been studying how much has changed or hasn't changed in the school systems. In a few minutes, we will be having a few guests on here talking about their experiences with racism in schools. Now, to make it clear from the beginning, I am a white woman. I grew up in a picket fence neighborhood in the middle of central Iowa. I grew up pretty sheltered, but was lucky enough to have parents that were extremely educated and brought awareness to me about the injustices and racism happening in our world. So let's get started. Um, to begin my project, I began studying Little Rock Nine. So if you don't know what that is, it was a protest movement that occurred in Little Rock, Arkansas in 1957. So it began when Daisy Bates, who was a social justice activist, organized together nine black students who would attend the local high school in Little Rock. Um, it was 1957, so most schools were still segregated. Uh, Brown versus Board of Education happened in 1954, so it had only been three years since that event. Overall, the students were treated horribly by the white students. They were kicked, spat on, harassed, bullied, their homes were vandalized, they were verbally abused, um, there were nooses hung on the trees outside. It was just terrible and awful, and there are really no words to describe it, but these black students stood their ground, they knew what they were fighting for, and they kept going to school every single day. The National Guard had to be called in to protect the students, and President Eisenhower had to get involved, and it was just a big mess. But overall, it changed the school system as we know it, and we are still seeing the effects from Little Rock Nine today. So in order to have as much understanding of racism in America's school system as possible, I decided that the best way to gain the most understanding was by learning firsthand accounts from people who experience racism in schools. I am white, I have never experienced any sort of racism and I never will, but I have plenty of friends who have their own stories and their own experiences that they are willing to share. My first person that I will be talking to today is Mouise. Okay, next up, I'm talking to Moise. So, Moise, tell me about yourself. Um, I'm 18, I go to Ames High. I'm a senior in high school. Um, I was born in Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah. Nice, okay. Um, how long have you lived in Ames? Since kindergarten. Kindergarten, and you've been, okay, yeah. Um, so, do you have any personal experiences with racism in Ames? Uh, yeah, of course. It's a very... What kinds? Like, what um, types of experiences have you had? Just, um, like, going to the store, people assuming I'm gonna steal, or, um, people, like, talking me t to me a different type of way because I'm black or something. Mm -hmm. Or, like, people making judgments about me before I even met them based on my race. 
Do you think like most of your friends that aren't white have gone through the same thing? Uh, that aren't white, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, do you feel like Ames is well? Our school is doing a better job at fighting that, or do you think it's kind of just um, a show? I kind of feel. I mean, they're trying, but they're like putting the uh, like duct tape on like a like a broken pipe, you know? Like yeah. it's not really doing nothing because I think that the way that they're handling it isn't the right way. Yeah, I agree. I was talking to Jordan and she said she kind of feels like it's just a show because like on the outside they say they're all like Black Lives Matter and yeah. everything, but then the teachers aren't really doing anything. And, and inside it's, just, it's still the same. Yeah, exactly. At least pretty much always been. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's like, is there any specific experience that you'd want to share or something that uh, kind of stuck with you that has happened? In our school? Yeah. In, oh, in, in our school? school? Um, I remember my freshman year, I think, um, there was a senior student who posted on Twitter saying, like, fuck white America, I think. And the next day at school, there was, like, a whole um, bunch of stuff going on, like, we're like a group of white kids. We're arguing with like a bunch of group of black kids, and um, there was that was even the night of the football game when uh, the theme was supposed to be USA. Oh yeah. But it turned to pink out because of the yeah. all that stuff that was happening, and when the the band had um, gone on their knees or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I remember that my fresh that was just my freshman year, yeah. and that kind of like let me know like okay, this is how it is. Yeah. I understand. Like, people th- really think this way. Like, yeah. people can... There'd be kids, even, like, in our school that'll... They'll... They say that it's your friend, whatever, but, like, their beliefs and mm-hmm. the things that they say behind your back contradict all of that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing I can say about, like, Ames, the racism we have in Ames is a very quiet racism, a very behind-your-back racism. Yeah. It's not, like, very upfront call you an n-word to your face like you're in the south type of racism it's different you know yeah um i feel like a lot of it goes on with like friend groups that are like trump supporters and, yeah like, you know like those groups of people it's a lot of i mean that's not even me judging them based on their political it's just based on like thing, things i've heard them say mm-hmm. or like the people things i've heard people who've been around them say and they're just like okay with it yeah yeah and then try to like sometimes they'll even try to um, show you that not not to show you but explain to you how it's like not that big of a deal but you can't tell me it's not that big of a deal because yeah. it's not a offending you it's offending me yeah exactly okay well that's all the questions i have so thank you so much you guys all right Next up, I'll be talking to Basmala. She is not black, but she was born in Egypt and is Muslim, and she has her own experiences with racism. So now I have my third guest, and tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, my name is Basmala, and I'm a junior in Imsai. Okay, cool. So. Uh, when did you move here and how long have you lived here for? Um, I moved here about five to six years ago, uh, beginning middle school. 
So, yeah. And the beginning of sixth grade. Yeah. Sorry. Cool. And where did you move from? Egypt. Cool. Um. So, have you noticed, or did you notice any differences between schools in America and Egypt? Even though you went when you were younger, you were in Egypt. But are there any big differences you notice? Um. I can't really recall any significant ones other than just the education system very different uh that might be because of the age difference but um yeah i don't know it's just i feel like i don't know in egypt it felt like everyone treated everyone fairly or i don't know maybe just because i was younger so i didn't really recognize these differences but yeah. i just felt like we were all one big family and yeah. friends yeah Oh, yeah. Um, so I was wondering about any personal experiences that you've had with racism, um, either in the US, Iowa, or specifically at Ames High. Um, I would say I haven't really recognized them until I wore the hijab. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't wear it until about two years ago. So I went to high school my first fresh my first year without the hijab, so I was able to I felt like I was able to blend in a bit more. Mm -hmm. Definitely looked a bit different, but not as different as I do now. Yeah. Now it's more recognizable. So I, I would say I thought like I recognized these differences after yeah. that transition. Yeah. Do people treat you differently or look at you differently or what have you noticed? Um. Yeah, I would say look at me differently. I mean, it's very, it's the subtle things that really can, that can really be big or huge. Yeah. Um, I know some of my friends have experienced more or bigger issues that I haven't necessarily experienced, but um, I would say that I definitely did feel, feel like a difference before and after, yeah. Would you say that Ames High does a good job of being inclusive and trying to have people not treat others differently, or would you say that we still have places to go in order like to be more inclusive? I think there's always something to do and just something to get get you one step um, further or ahead and make things better. Um, but I think I think Ames High is definitely a lot better than other schools and just seeing different students who, for example, I have friends that look like me or wear the hijab like me, just seeing them around, that makes you feel more included yeah, even yeah. if they're not too many yeah, or not sure. a lot of people. Yeah. Okay, those are all the questions I had, so thank you. Yeah, sorry. I feel like so next up, I'll be talking to the leader of SOCRE, which is um, students advocating for civil rights education here at Ames High School. Next up, I'm talking to Serena. Uh, so tell me about yourself. I'm Serena. I'm a senior here at Ames High. Um, I'm mixed race. So my mom is from Barbados, which is a small island in the Caribbean, and my dad is from Chicago. Um, I'm going to UCLA next year. I like to run not anymore <laughs> i like to i don't know why i still say that i don't even like running anymore um 
Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, how long have you lived in Iowa? Um, I've lived in Iowa since I was in kindergarten now, so a really long time. Yeah. I don't even know how long that is. Long time. Like 10, 12 years. Yeah. So basically, my whole childhood was in Iowa. Yeah. All my memories and stuff. Um, so as a mixed child in the middle of Iowa, did you experience, um, racism growing up? Um, growing up, I would say... Yeah, I would say it was definitely a shock. I moved from Southern California where there's a lot more diversity. So coming to Iowa, it was a big shock. I was very confused about why nobody looks like me. I don't think that little kids can really be racist. I just think that they do say things that are like harmful sometimes. I mean, there was a lot of comments like about hair, about definitely a lot of like hair touching stuff. I remember that. That was a big, big thing for me growing up. Yeah. Definitely a lot of people were very, con- but I don't blame them, and they were little kids. Like, it's just confusion, and I don't think racism is definitely taught, mm-hmm. and they were taught. They were honestly asking questions. I'll never be offended by that, but, like, it's when they started to, like, put negative connotations with that mm-hmm. and, like, asking me why I looked like that, asking yeah. me, like, certain things, why my hair was, like, so frizzy. Just, like, using negative words. Yeah. That's when it starts to become racist, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah, growing up, it was just, yeah, it was different because... There's just not a lot of people that, especially being mixed, there's not a lot of people like me, so I didn't really fit in with either black people or white people, Mm -hmm. so that was kind of hard, but... Yeah, and I remember, um, so I've known Serena since kindergarten, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Since I moved here, like my first friend. Yeah. Well, my first bully, but... (laughs) Bad my friend. Bad my friend. (laughs) Um... And yeah, I remember people like always coming up and touching your hair and you'd tell me how uncomfortable that made you. Yeah. And I I remember actually because I was like pretty sheltered growing up and I remember you telling me things that like changed my perspective. Like when Black Lives Matter kind of became a thing, not like the huge thing that it is now, Mm -hmm. but when it was kind of a thing, I remember you telling me about that and I didn't understand it at all, but you like helped educate me so thank you for that I guess I was very I was also sheltered because I grew up very privileged so I have a different perspective on it I've been privileged my whole life and I've been around white people growing up especially in Iowa I grew up all of my friends were white my school was white like my parents friends were white so it was just like I didn't really know like how I was different until I started growing up and that's when I started realizing that I didn't only want to be around white people just because that's more harmful to me than it is good and I am half white so I obviously like my dad is white my half of my family is white like it is normal for me to be around white people but also like I just didn't have that like black side of me to me. I definitely do have that side now, especially, like, a lot of my friends are white. Like, I'm around, like, my boyfriend's family is black, and it's just, like, nice to have Mm -hmm. that around, too. Yeah. It's nice. And, like, what you were saying earlier, racism is definitely taught. Like, when you're little, you don't really see differences unless your parents, unless you've grown up with your parents, like, pointing it out Mm -hmm. and stuff, because... Like, every, everybody is the same, and little kids just think everyone's the same, you know? So exactly. I think if we teach things, if we teach anti-racism in schools, then 
they will teach their children and then eventually hopefully there'll be less ignorance in the world i remember being a little girl and i always wanted straight hair because i didn't like i didn't like my hair i'd always beg my mom to straighten my hair for me my mom's hair has been relaxed since i've been born but she would i never would straighten it for me and i never really understood why but i'm really glad that she did that because i'm like I didn't have to see myself with straight hair when I was little because if I did, I would have never wanted, I would have never appreciated my curls. Now I'd never straighten my hair. I don't let heat like go near my hair unless yeah. it's just like for fun, but like once a year maybe. Yeah. But I always wanted straight hair. I always like, skin color was never really a big issue for me just because I'm very light and I never really had a big issue with skin color because I grew up with a lot of people wanting to be tan, so mm -hmm, that yeah. wasn't like a big problem for me, but the hair, definitely. My nose, I remember being insecure about that. Mm -hmm. It was just like things that people would point out, and it, it's not even just pointing out, it's just when you're around white people, like you want to look white, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and if you grow up around people that all look different than you, you're gonna want to look Exactly, it's just like they do. being little. I don't have that problem anymore, thankfully, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people have like, I think there's a lot more appreciation for black features. Obviously, it needs to get better, but I think now, like, in with social media mm -hmm, and yeah. seeing people, there is a lot more appreciation for, like, natural hair, natural features. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, at Ames High, this is kind of switching topics, but at Ames High, would you say that Ames High is doing a good job of teaching good values, or do you think there's a lot of racism that happens here that's not really being dealt with. I think Ames High is really good at making itself look good, but I don't think they're actually good at um, addressing the actual issues that are going on. I yeah. think that we are actually a very racist school, and I think that we put all of our energy into trying to not look racist instead of trying to actually not be racist. Um, I think a lot of our teachers are trying their best, but they are mostly white, and they're never really going to understand and they're never really gonna understand. And I think all black kids in Ames High are treated differently. I mm -hmm. see it just in the hallways. Like, they're always yelled at first. They're always like told to do things first. Mm -hmm. They're always getting in trouble. Like, even me as a light, like light, or one I get treated differently mm -hmm. and I think it has to do with not only skin color but also just like privilege and skin color it's not just skin color it's also like the way you talk the way you mm -hmm. act like there are like people I think people associate acting black as in they have to treat you differently but just because you act a certain way does not mean that you have less value yeah that you are not smart that you're mm -hmm. not respectful that you're not just because you're louder just because you're doing anything differently and that's just obviously a stereotype too that's being and it is perpetuated yeah but there's also white people who act like that mm -hmm. and I just don't think that if a white person did something in Ames High that they would be treated the same as a black yeah. person who would do the exact same thing and I think that can be shown in many different cases mm -hmm. and when it's brought up people kind of like to push it under the rug because they're like we have all these clubs like soccer like we let you do this we let you do all these clubs and they like put up a fist and they're like we're um we're not racist i don't know yeah i don't think that's good enough i think mm -hmm. yeah i've i've seen that too like in classes if there's like a black girl who's talking loud the mm -hmm. teacher will yell at them but if there's a white girl who's talking the exactly. same volume they don't yell at them and i don't think people um really ever ask the black people how they feel i think they mm -hmm. kind of just expect us to feel a certain way they don't 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, it makes sense. Like, it's a minority in the school. It's a minority, it's honestly not really a minority in the country anymore, but in this, like, town and state and yeah. community, it is a minority. But there's no excuse for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any ideas of things that Ames High could do better or any solutions? Because I, it's hard because I feel like Ames High is doing things, but nothing... Yeah. actually happens well i'm a co-leader of soccer which mm-hmm. is students advocating civil rights education and even with soccer i think there's a really big stereotype around it that white people are like honestly just scared to go there mm-hmm. which is like wrong and a lot of people will talk to me about it and they're like well i just don't feel like it's a safe place and it's just because it's people actually like talking it's like actually yeah. a place where people are actually feel safe enough mm-hmm. to talk about their experiences and white people don't like hearing that they're doing mm-hmm. something wrong they don't like uncomfortable they don't like uncomfortable conversations so i think people really shy away from that so something that could be done is if these uncomfortable conversations are brought up by teachers are brought up by people mm-hmm. and like these people need to be forced to have them or else they're just yep. gonna go into their adult lives and not be able to have these conversations and that's how racism keeps happening and they're going to keep teaching their children this racism and if they don't learn it in school they're never ever going to learn it it's just going to be more racist adults that are going to have more racist children and the cycle will keep going so the only way to break the cycle is to have on these uncomfortable conversations and soccer did do a good job about that but i don't think that everyone is open to it and i think that people just put a lot of stereotypes on soccer without even really giving it a chance especially when like some of the especially with like these current grades I don't think they and I heard a lot of stuff like people were just like I don't want to go I don't feel welcome there well we don't feel welcome in the school so like yeah. I don't know I mean I'm not saying anyone's forced to go but it's just like I heard a lot of stuff like even my friends would tell me that and they expected me to like agree but like obviously I'm not gonna agree to that like that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense to me like those conversations are even uncomfortable for me yeah sometimes but like yeah I feel like as a leader like and as a leader like being privileged I do know that it is not like I do have very 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 different experiences than any other black person I haven't had to deal with poverty I haven't had to deal with um a lot of racism just because I am lighter and because I have a white dad who like has been with me for like my whole life yeah and I just haven't had to deal with the amount of racism that a lot of people have because, like, mm-hmm. I have had that safety net under me this whole time of being half white. Mm-hmm. And that's something that people don't really understand as much, I don't think. Yeah. That was... being white is a safety net, is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, being black, like, there's no real difference other than, like, being white, you're able to get away with so much more. You're able to have so many more opportunities, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was a lot of good insight, so thank you so much for sharing all of that. Uh-huh. Um, and, <laughs> and Mr. Webb just came up, but yeah, thank you so much. After talking to Basmala, Muiz, and Serena, we can see that there is still a lot of work to do. We need to continue to have uncomfortable conversations, otherwise no change is going to come. If you are white, use your privilege to educate yourself and speak up. If you are a person of color, share your stories and bring awareness. The only way that change will come is if we all take active steps to create change and stop the cycle of ignorance.